Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. And if you're ready to unlock conversations where you can be wholeheartedly yourself, then come on in. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Hey, how are you doing today? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. I've been thinking about our, um, like where we left off on our last conversation and like so much has been like dropping in, dropping in, dropping in. So I think it's going to be really fun to talk about today. Oh, amazing. I'm excited. I've also been, I haven't, I can't, I've almost felt like I can't wait for the, it felt like <laughs> I left it on a bit of a hook and now we get to hear your story. So I'm really excited. Yay. Yeah, there was, there was an unintentional cliffhanger moment, wasn't there, on the last one? There was, <laughs> there was. I'm here for it. Yeah, same, same. Um, okay, so as I was thinking about this, like, I feel like it's such a huge question, such a huge topic, and one that I honestly yeah. think... Sorry to interrupt you. Should oh, we do no, like, just a quick recap, recap on what the question was? Yes, yes. Yes. The question was, what does spirituality mean to you? But the question I've been asking is, what is spirituality? <laughs> Amazing. So the, the question's grown. As the question has grown. <laughs> the question uh-huh. has expanded um, because I felt like I couldn't answer it in isolation. It kind of like every time I was trying to answer it was like oh but then there's this and there's this and there's this so I honestly feel like this is a question that I could explore for the rest of my life and and that's so lovely but one thing I realized um it was like this line that came in that was spirituality is not a personality trait (laughs) (laughs) juicy yes I love it expand (laughs) yeah and I I think that this could have been really quite triggering for me a couple of years ago when spirituality was a character trait a personality trait for me Mm -hmm. um and I think that you know a lot of people who like claim to be spiritual are in fact um it's the ego has mm. been like oh spirituality oh this makes me special this makes me unique this makes me um different from others this makes me more something than other people um and so then we see a lot of spiritual personality a lot of spiritual ego um and it kind of gets wrapped up with other characteristics like these kind they kind of seem to magnetize to each other that you know things come in about diet things come in about morals things come in about what type of job you do what clothes you wear who you're friends with who you're not friends with um mm. political standpoints right so whenever it becomes like that we know that it's ego if it's about differentiation if it's about um you know being a particular person or being seen to be a particular person like that that is ego always because it's identity so when it becomes identity um it's not spirituality because spirituality is the opposite of identification (laughs) Mm, okay 
Okay. I love that. And how are you only aware of this now, now that it's not, were you aware of it at the time being like an identity piece? How did it show up? Yeah. So definitely wasn't aware of it at the time. Like I, I spirituality for me at one point, and before I say all this, by the way, there's nothing wrong with any of the things I'm about to say. It's just Mm -hmm. that it doesn't, it no longer fits my definition of what spirituality is. So at the time spirituality showed up for me, I thought I was a spiritual person. If I, um, read tarot cards if I meditated Mm. if I didn't eat animal products Mm. um you know and at the time I didn't see that as I as an identity I just saw that as fact I was like Mm. well I'm a conscious person so that means I don't eat animals that means I can read my tarot cards like it it was I didn't know at the time that that's not what it was and I think now, like true spirituality, um, you wouldn't be able to identify a spiritual person by any of that. They could be wearing, they could be wearing Nike trainers and eating a steak and swearing. Um, like it's, it. I think that we can, if we really want to go there, like there's a divorcing for me of spirituality with purity or with being good or with being moralistic Mm, yeah so I'm hearing a difference between consciousness or being a conscious person and spirituality Mm -hmm. now whereas before maybe you would have thought they were one and the same yes yeah 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 so so the word beyond comes up for me quite a lot when I think about spirituality because well, it's so hard to describe, but what it's become to me is like spirituality is beyond the character, right? There's there's a character who can play a spiritual role. Yeah. But true spirituality is beyond any roles. It's beyond any character. It's beyond any identity. It's the awareness. It's the um, presence that sits beneath all of that. And this is why people try and describe it like the blue sky beyond the clouds, right? Mm-hmm. Like clouds are, I read tarot cards, or I um, connect with my intuition, or I wear linen, <laughs> I only wear white, I do yoga, I'm a vegan, right? They're all clouds. Um, if we, They're all fine, like there's nothing wrong with them, but it's just that it only becomes a problem if we go, that's spirituality no no spirituality is the blue sky behind that it's the constant presence it's the awareness Mm. that looks upon that notices that sees those things appear yeah and interestingly there is no blue sky (laughs) yeah (laughs) to take it one step further there is no blue sky it doesn't exist (laughs) uh, yes okay I feel that um And would you say that it is only through like the releasing of each of those individual clouds that you reach the point of awareness of the sky? Yeah. So what happened? Oh, I can tell a bit about my personal journey through this realization. 
what happened for me is I ran a group program called Conscious Leaders Club last year and at the beginning of last year I think we started and um, it was all about consciousness and it was and, and I st- and it included some workbooks and pdfs and things to read through that we would then meet and discuss together as a group and I was writing something about the ego and then I had this moment of being like could I actually explain with clarity what the ego is do I really know what the ego is I had this idea about certain characteristics of the ego but you know how people say like if you couldn't explain it to a 10 year old then you don't understand it well enough Mm. I found like I was tying myself up in knots with it so I was like I need I need to learn more about this so I started to do some research and I feel like I became a lot clearer about what the ego is which that exploration led me to realizing that the ego is so much more than I had given it credit for but so much bigger Mm. Um, and that in fact even if you're a spiritual person often the ego is running your entire life still Mm. which is confronting yes I imagine (laughs) well I know I know but yeah confronting really hard right because if you're a spiritual person you're spiritual in the way that we were saying there's a feeling of like the ego is bad Mm, and and that and then to say oh it's running my whole life like there's it can become very difficult there can be a lot of shame there can be a lot of fear um but my definition of the ego now subject to change I'm still learning so much about all of this is that um there's a word and I think it's a Sanskrit word called samskaras which to me I'm like the collection of samskaras is the ego so samskaras are patterns they're things that you've taken in that you stored within you that are like programs so if you think of it like a computer if you just had a computer that was brand new it's got nothing installed on it that's how we were when we were first human came into this world blank uh, blank spaces uh and I mean we could get into thinking about like yeah how are you programmed by your genetics and all that but let's just let's put that aside for a second and just go you're a blank space mm-hmm. all the things that happen to you all the experiences you have they are like pro- computer programs that are being installed that are being uploaded and that becomes your operating system and you give that operating system a collective name of I so you think that all of your programs are you and so you don't you can't see that from within there (laughs) yeah even if they're beautiful positive wonderful programs that are effective yes I yeah it's your whole personality it's I like the color purple and I don't like the color brown like that's a program so we're not just talking about ones that cause problems or ones that are amazing like literally every single thing you've ever learned builds this character called I and that is what the ego is Mm. it's everything it's all of that 
Um, and so it is, it's the driver of every decision, of every behavior. It's like filters, you know, it's the filter through which awareness sees the world through. So you have the awareness at the bottom, you have the world, everything happening at the top. And in between, you have all of these programs which color everything that the awareness is aware of. So <laughs> this is the spirituality. Yeah. This is who we think we are. And that if you identify here, you don't even know that that's down there. You're just here interacting with the world through your filters. Mm -hmm. um, so that where my path has taken me is to disidentify with that, re-identify with the awareness underneath, that that is a practice that's going to be one for the rest of my, my life. Mm -hmm. um, and to let go of some of those, those filters. Um, but what I see happening is that people confuse spirituality. It's just another program running in that section. Yeah, yeah. And they're using it. They're almost using it. If, you're, if your spirituality is about guessing what you want, yeah. like if it's like, I'm going to use use my spiritual practices, my whatever it is for you to go to make my life how I think it should be like you are just living in here because how you think your life should be is determined by those programs yeah. so it's um it's kind of stepping out of that and, and having a bit of humility to go maybe how I think my life should be isn't actually how it should be <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah and that's been so co-opted by business by um you know the sort of I don't know the exact numbers but you know this sort of billion pound self-help industry has yeah. now completely co-opted spiritual practice and it's yeah. used as, a, as a tool um yeah, yeah to not only make money for the whoever's running the business but then to pass on as a means of making money to everyone who enters that space. Yeah. Yeah. Spirituality has been completely bastardized yeah. by the self-help industry. Um, it, it's not, that's not what it is. Like I, and, and I, up until very recently, like this year, I was using my spirituality as a means to get what I want. Yeah. Like if I'm really honest with myself, I could not have said this at the time. Like this would have been totally, uh, I would have had a massive resistance to this. I would have been like, no, that's not what I'm doing. But it was, yeah. if, if I'm really honest about that, if I get really humble with myself about that, like that's what was there. I had a stored program of this is how life should be. This is how life shouldn't be. And I'm going to try and use spirituality to get more of this and less of this. I'm trying to control the world around me to fit these programs that I've got yeah like who am I to say that the world that's showing up in front of me should be different mm. yeah yeah which completely goes against every um spiritual business owner's practices or advice or you know it, it contradicts that 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when you first kind of hear concepts like this, and it certainly felt this way for me, um, it could be seen as disempowering. It could be seen as like, oh, I just have to accept how life is then. And I've got no power and no control and I can't do anything about it. Mm. But it, but it's not that. It's <laughs> This is the first step, right? So like seeing this, seeing like, oh, I, I could stop trying to control how life appears in front of me. That's the very first step. And you have to accept that to then have the door open to the other things. But it's hard to get to that place. It's hard to do that because it feels like you have no power. But it's yeah. really the ego has no power. It's not that you don't have any power because at the time it's like, well, you think you're the you think you're the ego. Yeah. Like taking the power away from the ego. So if you feel like that's who you are, it will feel disempowering. Mm. Yeah, because you're saying everything that I don't want, I accept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is horrible. It's horrible <laughs> to hear that, but I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. And you know everything that's appearing in front of you right now like anyone who's listening to this and us like we just look at what's right here right now yeah like it took like think of what it really took to appear in front of you like every if we go back like all the things that had to happen like tiny little tweaks all along this timeline mm. like going back infinitely like if we really push it back it, like billions of years of yeah. things had to happen to have this appear in front of you mm-hmm. what and you're gonna say that's not how it should be <laughs> it's yeah. just stupid like it's just silly yeah yeah but what comes after that at what point <laughs> you know, there's a there's a there's a confrontation there there's a I don't want to accept what I have to accept. Okay, let's just say you get past that. You're into acceptance that everything is exactly as it should be right now. Mm-hmm. Then what's there? What's there? Mm-hmm. And what's um, if things keep coming in that are still confronting, still difficult, still um, not exactly as you want them? Is that still the process? <laughs> yeah this is where it gets hard right because it's only so when we're saying like things are not how I want them to be we're still within the eye yeah that's determined good and bad desire like Mm -hmm. that's where we are so it's not to say that when we disidentify with that and we we find our true selves and like this is a process like this is not an overnight I mean some people have like overnight um awareness of this like a moment something happens and they have a moment of clear seeing but like most people don't have that they have a gradual undoing Mm -hmm. and and that's hard so like a lot of the time I'm in I don't want this or I do want that like like clinging or resisting like that is our two states with when we're in that space Mm -hmm. we're either chasing something or we're resisting something 
but so for example I I had a couple of glimpses there that's what they call them of mm. <laughs> of being outside of that and I think I told you at the time I went for a walk and it was a beautiful day the sun was out and I was like this is great this is lovely and then um there was this swarm of flies like these little we live used to live near a river and there's like all these little midgy fly things and every time they would come near me I'm like ugh, ugh, get away get away you know it's annoying I don't want to be in a swarm of flies mm-hmm. and this day when I was in this experience of this glimpse I was like transfixed by this swarm of flies <laughs> like in awe of this swarm of flies because the program I don't like flies was not being uh, triggered was not being run and it was like such a different experience and from this place because I'm I'm not in that place right now like I'm not (laughs) I'm not yeah (laughs) I'm not in a glimpse um it's really hard to imagine that it's really hard to see how that could possibly be the case um because this from this perspective there's a there's a feeling of like the flies could be there and and they could feel uncomfortable and I'm gonna go no it's fine this is fine this is fine this is fine while being like oh this is really not fine and it's not that it's not that I think it's important for us to realize that this is not about just going I have to accept this suffering it's not that yeah yeah that's such that's such a clear distinction and such a there's such a difference in the felt sense of those experiences like understanding okay that I have to accept this discomfort in order to be spiritual Mm. is very different to not experiencing the discomfort of it in the first place no matter even if exactly the same things are happening You know, it's not like we're saying that you at one point were inside the flies and the other time and another time you're on the outside looking at the flies, like on both experiences, you can be exactly in the same place with exactly the same experience. And yeah, it's different. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is really hard for the mind to, to understand, like, this is so difficult from within that but we can see it when we look at like different cultures experiences of of things like death because we because okay I'm talking about flies but I know if I was listening to this conversation I'd be like okay swarm of flies whatever it's not that bad what if something really bad happened what if we lost somebody and and that you know that's this is really difficult to talk about and I don't want to like upset anyone and like grief is so valid but it's also like we can look at like our programs around that like in our western culture we have a program that says that it's really bad to lose some, someone we we do have that it's built into us but there's other cultures that um are very celebratory about it that in their culture um it's like when you when you leave your human body it's because you've reached a level of um, mastery 
and you're ready to move move up to a next level and so when there's a loss there's a celebration there's like a party for for it so we can see through that difference that our experiences are very much colored by our cultural experiences they're very much colored by the programming we've received and I think there's a clear there's a distinction between as well um the emotional response to a situation and the um and the way that you understand the spiritual nature of it you know I as you know I have I've lost my mom she died when I was 21 and I don't think even the I mean I say this from also not within a glimpse (laughs) perhaps not having experienced the depth of glimpse that you have but the I I'm not sure that any um any depth of, of spirituality could have stopped me from feeling grief or feeling heavy emotion or depth of emotion and yet there there is a different flavor in experiencing it with a spiritual awareness than experiencing it from suffering yeah and I think that's what you're saying is so true because what we're talking about here is um we do things come in from the outside world that the loss of a loved one a swarm of flies whatever mm. and there is a sensation like like we have a nervous system that produces sensation within the body which mm. corresponds to emotions and thoughts and so um things have a different vibration like that news coming in has a different vibration to the news of, um, you know, some good news, right? If I say, Alex, you won the lottery, um, different vibratory feeling, different sensation that comes in. So I think it's really right to say, like, things do have different sensations. Like, we're not, can't deny that things feel differently when they come in. Mm. But you're, you're totally right about like the um the suffering is Mm. like separate to that like the suffering is where we resist that sensation so the sensation comes in it feels uncomfortable the samskaras get created the patterns the cycles the filters get created when we go no can't handle that that's Mm. too much like that's it's overwhelming Mm. um whereas actually this is my understanding right now is that if we can allow that to actually if we can feel it if we have capacity to be able to really let that move through it doesn't get stored and it doesn't color every experience in the future so we felt it it felt uncomfortable but then it's 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 moved through um yeah 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 and I I think there's um I'm 
I'm unsure just from my stance at the moment I'm unsure at which point you know because we're very our capacity depends on our capacity so we might be able to do this on a small level on a little level and then if it when it comes to the larger things the the more difficult experiences we're not always in control of those that pattern storing process um and i'm unsure the thing i guess that my that my question is is are we are we meant to control that because is that mm-hmm. not just another form of you know creating the world around us sort of like shuffling pieces around the board and being like okay I can I don't want to I don't want to take any sort of pattern on from this experience but are we are what's who's to say that we weren't meant to take on a certain pattern on that from that experience you know is, does that make yeah. sense yeah yeah there's definitely something about soul journeys soul growth like what we're here to experience like, but then that's still from the eye isn't it because it's still forming the construction yeah. of an eye yeah yeah so it's I think I think what I where I'm at with this is I I'm in terms of like are we meant to like I mean who the fuck knows <laughs> I don't know <laughs> who knows um who knows like if it's happening was it meant to happen I, I'm not always a fan of that train of thought like I don't it, sometimes that feels a bit avoidant for me like it's like if it's happened it, it's what was meant to happen I'm kind of like I don't, I'm not always sure about that um but I do think that there is, so I am an idealist. Like I will say that I am an idealist and I do dream of a world where a child could be born and that there would be such an awareness of this mechanism. There would be such a capacity of of all of the world. Like we're talking, you know, this is going to take a long time. But imagine if everybody knew about this. Everybody knew that what you, what a person experiences forms their sense of self, their personality, their whole experience of life. Mm. Um, Imagine how much more careful we would be about the experiences that that child has and how much more we would understand how to help them right because because the problem is not that life happens like yes things come in there's earthquakes we can't control any of that Mm. what we control what we can be aware of is the mechanism that happens once it comes in right the the only reason it becomes stored is because we resist it and we only resist it because it feels too hard and we think that things that feel hard are bad Mm. so if we had the wisdom that feeling strong emotion is safe, we would be able, our capacity for allowing those sensations to come through would be increased. Mm-hmm. And then there would be less storage because it's the storage which happens as a result of resisting 
that causes all the problems yeah yeah and and we sorry we we don't have capacity so it's true it's just not to make anyone feel bad about the current capacity that they have to feel because that is as a result of every single thing that's ever happened to someone like that there's no there's no blame or no fault or no you're bad if you can't do this like it that that's not the case at all um but we can let go of some of the stored stuff which makes our life easier as we move forward like we can increase our capacity to be able to feel these things and we can start with the little things like we can start when we're in traffic and someone pulls out at us and it touches stored like anger frustration like upset like fear like in that moment we can let ourselves actually feel it because we just want to go oh no don't want that when we like we like push it away and fight we resist it but like in that little moment we can let up we can let it come through like we can let ourselves actually feel the feeling without the whole story behind it of like that person's an idiot they shouldn't have done that it's so dangerous blah blah you know without going off on a whole story (laughs) yeah uh yeah or then the then the the sort of aftermath of that emotion you know so I I have an experience in my life at the moment that brings me huge amounts of rage and I feel a huge amount of rage and the rage moves through me but the thing that causes suffering and um and storage afterwards is then this sort of self-analysis of um where is that rage coming from you know this sort of like endless like digging around of why is that rage there what's like you know even the even the feeling of it although that itself shifts there's it's then replaced with a okay how do I not feel that rage you know yeah Um, which leads me onto this sort of as you were talking I was kind of pondering um again are we meant to should we um is the goal to be rid of an ego and therefore to be rid of an I where do you where do you fall on that (laughs) that's challenging for me like that's that's the point where my ego says no I I can't go that far (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah so that so a lot of people do go down that path of of saying like there is no I um my opinion on that personally is that I think that it makes it extremely confusing for people and it makes it extremely challenging and that it's a barrier yeah it's a barrier to say that because because we live in a world that exists on I (laughs) like it it is so fundamental you know I exist because you get given a name right like if you have a name you have an I and we get a name as soon as we're born Mm. so you know it's really really hard to undo that so I don't go down the route of of saying there should be no I and we should completely disidentify there are people who refuse to use the word I 
and I just think that's silly <laughs> um each to their own seems like silliness to me because what I what I think is that it's not that we no longer have an identity I, I think I when I first started studying like non-duality non-duality I would end up feeling really ill like ungrounded mentally ill like yeah. completely disoriented like it was horrible and I don't think anyone should have to go through feeling that to have this understanding I think it's a lot simpler than that and I think there's a lot of people talking about this who make it really 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 complex so for me it seems like it's not that there's no I it's that I disidentify from the ego I and I re-identify with the true I which is the awareness Mm. so I am the awareness rather than I am the character Mm. yes that I'm like half on board half (laughs) one toe in one one toe out because there's a piece of me which was it which is responding with yes I can really resonate with that I feel that and there's another piece of me that's saying um this is you know what about the experience of life you know the experience of life is what life is you know is kind Mm -hmm. of um is all there is like if we are simply an awareness of an experience are we missing something oh yeah it's 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 weird isn't it because um for me the i awareness is the only one who can truly experience life Mm. um the ego awareness filters all of life with its own perception so it's not getting a true experience of life it's getting an experience of I stored a pattern that says I don't like swarms of flies so now when the experience of swarms of flies is here I feel like something's wrong and bad and I I am suffering yeah whereas if we're the eye awareness there's a there's a deeper intimacy with the experience of a swarm of flies Mm. because there's no filter yeah yeah it's it's really interesting like someone so someone sent me a video on Instagram actually earlier today it was the girl from Riverdale strangely enough uh, if you ever watched Riverdale the blonde girl well she was doing an interview I can't I didn't see what podcast or whatever she was recording with mm-hmm. but she said I think she was asked what is there anything that helps you like deal with heavy emotion and she said, um, completely stealing what she's saying here, but <laughs> her, her understanding is that if she was this celestial being and some other celestial form was like, okay, you can go to earth for one blip for like for a second. Um, but in that one second, you're going to experience every emotion that you possibly can, um, you know, joy and rage and anger and love and depression everything um but it's only going to be for a second like do you want to do that and her as a celestial being is like yes of course absolutely I definitely want to do that and so when she's in rage anger depression whatever it is it helps her to navigate it to think I chose this or you know or not even as a celestial form but just as like um isn't it amazing 
that I can feel this. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and the, you know, that's, that's a Buddhist concept, really, because, um, you know, one of the, one of the core components of Buddhism is um, everything is transient. Mm. Like, there is no permanence so when we're when we're suffering and and it's hard because when we're suffering it's like okay nothing's permanent like this this will be over at some point Mm. um but then when we're in the highs of life and nothing is permanent well that's kind of scary because but but here's that's why buddhism is is so beautiful right because it helps you disattach from the good and the bad mm. none of it's permanent so it, it stops being about let me secure the good and like and that's where you know I've really you know we've talked about it a lot like really fallen out of love with like personal development in, in this way because chasing the good is a recipe for disappointment is a recipe for suffering um because the nature of life is that everything is transient you can never secure that ever yeah yeah and that's what they're selling yeah is the achievement of um of the ideal life yeah of never never ending bliss i I mean it's just another version of heaven and hell Mm -hmm. another version of the story of christianity it's another version of work hard your whole life and so you can have this golden retirement like this story is pervasive it's everywhere in our society everywhere in our culture Mm. um and that's why it's so hard for the mind to understand this because Mm. it lives in that world of good and evil heaven and hell right and wrong work hard for ease like it's it's so pervasive Mm. and you know, people talk about the spiritual journey, which, you know, you mentioned as well, you know, the journey that you've been on towards this. Um, does it, is there always a journey? You know, is it always, <laughs> is there always this struggle? Um, the reason I'm giggling is because it's funny that that crept into my language because it's the character who has the journey. <laughs> there is no journey <laughs> no. no what you're saying is it's it's constant it's always there below the journey yeah yeah the the character emma has been on that journey the yeah. awareness <laughs> the awareness is just here all the time and it's you could one of the things that really helped me with this was um has been michael singer's course living the path of surrender highly recommend that course it's so good and it's it's pretty affordable for such amazing content so go and have a look at that but he says in that course he's like the you that you are okay so if we go like I am the awareness this is where we're coming from um like you're the same you who looked in the mirror when you were six as the one who's looking in the mirror today like your body has changed you've grown like all, all these things are changed we're in a totally different place in life like all of that's changed but there's a you there's a part of you that has always been the same mm-hmm. there's like the you-ness and I think like that's that's a really powerful concept because that that I has not been on a journey 
that eye is the same mm -hmm. always yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and again my pieces are are, are wrestling <laughs> with with yeah. that yeah I feel that it's entirely pointless to try and understand this with the mind entirely yeah. because it, it exists outside of that you know the awareness is not the mind like awareness is aware of the mind awareness is not the mind itself love that <laughs> beautiful it is um, yeah so where are you where are you today how to be to be personal if that's all right no as your experience changes snapshot today how how is this experience for you um I'm definitely not in a glimpse today um these glimpses like it's happened twice and it's totally um beyond words like that I can't explain what that's like I've had a few conversations with people who have said that they have experienced these glimpses too and and the experiences that we can't describe it um but I know I know when I'm in it and when I'm not <laughs> and um that you know there's a bit of grief there's because the character you know I'm in the character right now and um, the character grieves being in the character and not in the glimpse <laughs> it's very mind-bending yeah it is it really is and and it can't but it can't not no it, can't, it could and it won't until you don't like the you know, hardly, yeah sorry no it's just gonna but, say it just the yeah the sheer fact that you grieve having the experience that you aren't having it now is so heart-wrenching the fact that that proves that you're not yeah yeah and the hard, the harder you try the, the less likely it's to happen and the, the closest I can describe the experience that I had to is like heavy weather like I, I've I've only got like nature examples because it's the only time it happens to me have you ever like driven up over a hill and like on the other side is like a sunset or the ocean or something and you're like <gasps> and there's this like <sighs> moment where it's like profound where you just you're so present like you're not it's not like let me get my phone and take a picture of that sunset it's not that right I think you you've talked to me about having this experience standing at the seafront right like those moments in life where you're like your your breath is taken away like you just that nothing else is there like you couldn't have a thought in that moment because it's more of an experience um that is the closest I can describe it was like being in that state for an extended for like three days mm. it's crazy it's yeah. so far I want it so bad <laughs> my character <laughs> wants it so bad <laughs> and I take it that's enlightenment the state the point at which you reach a consistent level is it is it possible to have a consistent like that's just the experience all the time 
I don't know if that's possible for this character, this being that I am. I mean, there, there's certainly been individuals who who have that. I mean, Jesus, Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's many, but but I wonder. I really, I do wonder. Are there not little niggly thoughts in Jesus's mind? I'm not sure. Like I, or you know, that I've heard. I mentioned this to you I think before I heard this and I still can't remember it but there's a monk who said do you still who was asked do you still get these thoughts and he was like all the time Mm. so yeah the thoughts don't stop yeah you're just not identified with them yeah and I and I don't think that anyone's perfect so if we take Jesus for example there was um it's reported who knows I mean who knows it's so long ago we have no idea what, what really happened but it does say somewhere that when he was on the cross he said something like why has my father forsaken me something like that Mm. and we if we look at Jesus as a spiritual teacher and not a Christian um which is how I look upon Jesus as, as a spiritual teacher um when he says my father he's talking about the awareness Mm. right like my father is the awareness it's it's the constant so um what he it seems like he slipped out of his it seems like most of the time we're in character and we have the glimpses of awareness maybe his experience is just swapped Mm. like he's mostly in awareness and then there's moments of glimpses into characterhood and it's when he's in his greatest suffering yeah Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Buddha was fully enlightened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm probably, probably incredibly blasphemous for me to uh, even question, but the the part of me, and I've kind of fully appreciate that this comes from my my ego, from that I sort of sees that there's we would not be in a human body with the capacity for um for egoic thought for for the mind if that wasn't meant to be (laughs) our experience so that's you know if we I I am curious like there's a doubt Mm -hmm. in me that humans Mm -hmm. can be fully enlightened all the time Mm, yeah yeah I mean yeah who knows and I think it was funny actually that you said that you're an idealist because I have this um pure uh, I used to my screen name on MSN or you know (laughs) MySpace or something years ago used to be cynical idealist because I do navigate completely in the center of this um of this experience of this understanding where I'm like yeah and uh, which I as you know I do with every single experience that I have (laughs) I hold both understandings I hold both sides of every coin um and it's a gift and a curse but uh yeah I just I wonder if humans can can should I don't know yeah I mean one way that I heard I think it was like Hart Tolle said this and I and I'm I am and I'm not a fan of the way that Eckhart Tolle speaks about this so I do kind of take his 
perspective with a pinch of salt. But one thing that he said about this, which really resonated, was that um, his theory is that it's an evolutionary step. So that um, ego was useful, right? So like before, so before language or before, so before language, right, let's, let's take like chimpanzees, they just, there's like grunts, right? Noises that mean things. And it became useful to be able to go this particular, when I do this particular grunt, I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. this you monkey here that has this job in our pack I'm talking to you that was helpful for the evolution that was helpful for what we needed and so his theory is like it's been purposeful but there will come a point where it's evolved out of and we we go into something else and I quite like that idea because if you think of evolution it's kind of like little like if you think of like Jesus Buddha like it's like individuals having this experience because it's being if and we like if we like zoomed out and we saw this huge perspective it's like ego and having an eye is like a minuscule experience on that spectrum so I agree like it's obviously necessary right now because it's here so it, and it, it does serve a purpose in the world that we live in um but does it always have to does it always need to are we on a journey out of it like that's mm. kind of where right now oh that's so interesting the image came to mind of like a shoal of fish or a flock of is it called a flock of swallows or swifts you know when they they move as one motion like there's no um there's no communication there you know the birds aren't all saying let's go to the left let's go to the right (laughs) and there's no leader either if you've ever watched those I think they're swifts aren't they when they flow in those patterns um like they're it's so beautiful like there's there is like geese flying a point there's a there's a clear leader whoever's taking the geese somewhere um Mm. but yeah it's it's that kind of um it's that more below below communication style of communication yeah absolutely and you know if we because we're here for such a short time aren't we in terms of like human evolution and uh, you know I I can't even imagine like if we zoom forward even 500 years like I think it's possible that like everyone could be living in that state of awareness because there is as you say then there would be like potentially heightened um like other senses mm-hmm. maybe heightened and there could be more of that like unity between yeah we could move like shoals of fish we could um become you know become more like ants in a, in a way or something um who yeah. knows yeah. yeah like humans 500 years ago were not having conversations like this so I don't know. I I like that theory though. I think it it makes sense to me. It kind of satisfies that question in me a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it quietens that argument. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, who knows? I think that whenever we get to a point where we're going, this is the truth. We've fully fully identified ego. So yeah, um, yeah. 
I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I love that. I think that's a perfect place to close if you feel, unless you feel as though there's anything more. I don't think so. I mean, like, yes and no, there's a thousand more things and nothing at all. But I do think that probably brings it to a natural close. And um, like, I, I love I love this topic. And I, I think what I might do is in in the section below this video maybe I will just put some links to like other people who talk about this because something that I think I mentioned to you um a, a teacher of this type of thing Claire Diamond said once and it really stuck with me was like this um you might need to hear this in a particular way from a particular person for it to land and yeah. like if this conversation didn't resonate like please don't give up on the concept itself because it has so much to give and so much beauty like maybe you just need to hear it from someone else and like I don't claim to be a teacher of this so I, I've put some links to some people who do <laughs> who I found helpful and, and ones who I haven't found helpful because like they might help somebody so yeah yeah and also similar like not similarly but and also um you have definitely helped me expand my thinking on this um you know we've had many conversations uh, both directly about this and indirectly about this and um all of them are um are very worthwhile and I would say that um maybe you are a teacher of <laughs> thank you thank you it's um it's such a tricky one isn't it because there's a lot of people um like we were saying about the spirituality who like once you claim that you're a teacher of this like <laughs> it's a slippery slope really because yeah. it's it's so easy for that to be the character claiming mm -hmm. something that makes it special so yeah and and the uncomfortable truth is that as we expand our capacity we also expand our capacity in an equal and opposite measure and which is yeah. why you know, we see such like great force from grace from spiritual yeah. teachings and teachers and and that kind of thing and so yeah it's I, I but I think just the awareness you have around that is really important mm. thank you thank you and um I just want to say like Michael Singer here because like you know so much of what I've learned about this I've I've learned through him and I have listened to a lot of different teachers and he makes it for me so grounded so simple so clear there's no for me with him there's no airs and graces of like trying to make this more complex than it is to seem wiser or something like he's very um very clear in it so um, I have one of his books I can't remember the title right now but it's beautiful um the untethered soul or the cylinder yeah untethered soul yeah and that's a really easy but really beautiful read oh yeah so every, everything that he touches is like so profound I think and you know I, he's like he's an old man like he he's lived this his entire life and it's you really hear that clarity in the way he talks about this because I'm here trying to talk about this after a year 
of like experiencing it and maybe two years of studying it and you know he's had like 65 years or something and it really shows like the clarity in his message is so beautiful and he has a free podcast that is spot on so just promoting other people's podcasts on our podcast <laughs> love it perfect <laughs> why not I know it's so it. good it's so good I'm like don't listen to us go listen to him <laughs> <laughs> um Amazing. okay is there anything else before we close no that's that's perfect thank you all right thank you so much